Support for this podcast comes from Dynamic. Dynamic Air Quality Solutions manufactures IAQ products based on the science of clean air. Dynamic's clean air defense system products are supported by technical and communication IAQ training that is second to none in the industry. For more information on how to get your team confident in communicating IAQ challenges and solutions on every call, email Michelle Hogan at mhogan at dynamicsaqs.com. Hey there, podcast listeners. Before we get going with today's show, I wanted to mention to my SGI family out there, if you haven't seen yet, registration for your San Antonio Expo is now open. It'll be April 7th through the 9th at the Grand Hyatt, right on the beautiful San Antonio Riverwalk. You can register by going to your SGI Hub website right now. Uh, In addition to all the incredible networking opportunities with your fellow members that Expo always offers, we have an incredible agenda put together for you. For example, we have some incredible sessions on organizational structure, financial models, profitability maximization, and so much more. I'm really excited by it and the opportunity to see all of you. Believe it or not, SGI members have been registering left and right already, even though registration's only been open for a little bit. It's really exciting. It's great to see. And again, I hope to see you in San Antonio. The thing I really learned was just doing everything different. And my big thing is like being different. Like I'll go in, measure stuff, pull my tools out, go in the attic, look at their insulation, Mm -hmm. you know, take units apart. And no lie, probably almost half the calls go on. At some point during the visit, someone says like, you know, what's funny is like no one else did, (laughs) you know, looked at a manual heat loss yeah no one else you know put floor savers on (laughs) even simple stuff like that like i had one person that were like you know i've had five people out here and nobody had a tape measure or a flashlight you're the the only person that had a tape measure or flashlight and i got the job welcome to the successful contractor podcast powered by success group international a show for residential contractors about residential contractors we chronicle business journeys share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hey there, podcast listeners. I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical, a residential service and replacement HVAC company in suburban Boston. He owns a business along with his lovely wife, Davisha. Often, I interview SGI members who've been in our program for a long time. I wanted to talk with a relatively new member to gain their insight and perspective. And that's what brought me to Jonathan and Davisha. While they joined our organization in the middle of 2019, they've already transformed their business. As you'll hear, Green Energy Mechanical had been bumping along as a consistent million-dollar business that always provided a good living for the Nevis family. One day, Davisha got a call from SGI inviting them to a profit day. The young couple attended, joined, and then went to work. And what they've accomplished is remarkable. Jonathan and Davisha pushed the company from $1.6 million in 2018 to $2.3 million in 2019, while operating far more efficiently. Then, this past year, even when COVID essentially shut down their business for three months, Green Energy Mechanical finished at $2.5 million at a 14% net profit. And Jonathan believes passionately that they can hit $5 million this year, 2021. Lots of changes to the business have led to its success. But the biggest has been Jonathan and Davisha's commitment to being different from how they operate as a company to their sales process, to even their unique name. By being different in their marketplace, they've enjoyed this incredible success and believe it's just the beginning. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jonathan and take away a nugget or two. 
Jonathan, thank you so very, very much for uh, taking some time out of your day and your busy schedule to chat with me and our audience. Uh, if you would, would you please introduce yourself uh, to everyone listening? Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Jonathan Neves. Uh, me and my wife own Green Energy Mechanical, and uh, I think this is, yeah, August will be our 10th year in business. That's great. And what is your beautiful wife's uh, first name? Devicia. Devicia. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, where are you guys located at? Yeah, we're located in Randolph, Massachusetts, which is well, like 15, 20 minutes south of Boston. Okay. So is it kind of like suburb, the suburban uh, Boston kind of? Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Uh-huh. Very cool. Well, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, I, I've been doing these interviews for a while, even before the podcast. And a lot of times I talk to members that have been in the using the program for, for a number of years. But you are kind of uh, still, still new to everything, but you're doing really, really well. Kind of share with everyone how uh, successful uh, in, a, in a strange 2020, how well you guys did last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say... Uh, when you called me to ask me to do the interview, um, I love listening to podcasts. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't even honestly know about this podcast. Oh, so okay. I started binge listening to a bunch <laughs> of them. And I got to give you credit, man. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them are just like talking about what they had for lunch oh, or yeah. what the haircut is. And <laughs> you get right to the point. Yeah. But then you also ask the real questions, man. So I, anyways, I just wanted to give you a shout out. Cause oh, that's very nice. I really appreciate that. I was sure. listening to, um, one of them, uh, Anthony Dobbins, I think it was. Yeah, that was an sure. awesome one. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I'm like, he's good. The questions you're asking were just like all on point. So anyways, I wanted to give you a shout out. For oh, that, that's man. very kind of you. So I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to send you a check right after this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so so uh, I guess I'll give you a little bit of history. So we started with SGI back in 2019. Right. And um, it was a pretty cool beginning, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I think there was a lady named Ruth, I think shit that called me. Okay. And about Profit Day, and I was like super rude to her at first because I thought <laughs> she was just like a random salesperson. Oh, yeah, sure. And I didn't know my wife already coordinated this whole thing and so then when she started saying hey you know this is HVAC related and your wife actually said this oh great Mm -hmm. went to profit day heard the amount and I was like whoa um okay and uh it was funny because maybe about a month before we even were doing this I was looking at the profit and loss I'm talking to my wife and we were just kind of stuck at this million dollars for years Mm -hmm. and couldn't really break through and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at our the size company we're at and how much money we make. I really feel like the size we're at, we're just not efficient. And yeah. we uh, probably should be at like, uh, we were at 1.6 million at the time. I'm like, I feel like we should be at like 2.2 million. Yeah, yeah. So we go to profit day. Like I said, it was a crazy number. And at the end, um, my wife and, and our office manager are trying to figure out a way to like pay the, the, the weekly amount by using up all these rebates and stuff and sure. figuring out ways to like cut it down. And my brain doesn't really work that way. I'm more <laughs> like, how can I make more money? You know? Sure. Sure. And so Patrick came up to us and was like, uh, Hey, what's going on? Everybody else said, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're just trying to figure some stuff out. And so they're telling them like, you know, uh, uh, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to pay this month, this weekly amount through rebates. And he was like, yeah, he's like, that's one thing you could do. But honestly, like, we're going to help you make a lot more money. He's like, <laughs> even just given your current state in your business, 
you guys are leaving about $600,000 on the table. Yeah. And when he said that, I turned to my wife and my mouth literally dropped. I was like, <laughs> we just had this conversation like a month ago. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like sold. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was the, the best thing. So in 2019, um, sorry, in 2019, um, we, like I said, we were still roughly doing the same numbers we did in 2018. Yeah. Um, but within six months, we went from 1.6 and we finished the year at 2.3 million. That's great. So I was like, wow, we did like everything, you know, that, that, uh, we thought. And then since then we kept growing. So then, you know, 2020 came and we're super pumped. And, um, in February we had our second boy was born February 11th. So obviously, you know, my wife couldn't be as involved in the business. Sure. And, uh, and then like literally right after that, the whole world stopped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. that was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and honestly, at first I didn't really know what was going to happen because I was just bleeding through our savings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. Everybody thinks when you're an essential business, it's like this amazing thing, right? which I guess at one point it was, but right. at first nobody even wanted us in their house. So right. for sure. I'm just spending money to be open right and <laughs> not making anything so right. anyways uh pretty much around i don't even know probably may it was kind of like make or break because we just we were like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt we owed all these people money and, yeah. um i just was like listen like i think we just need to go hard and uh you know we're going into a busy season and let's crush it and yeah i'm so proud of us we finished with Almost three months of no real revenue. We finished at 2.5 million. So we did better than we did in 2019 with a full year. That's great. You know, and we were able to finish at um, 14% net profit. So when it matters, yeah. Yeah. So I'm stoked, man. We, you know, and I'm looking at 2021, like, you know, looking to crush it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, we launched the podcast really when, when everything first started happening is just, we were like, Hey, we need to, we need to do something more to get positivity out there. And there was so much uncertainty and, and who knew, you know, no one wanted people in their homes. And as it turned out, uh, people were, were stuck at home and started using their house a lot more and everything in it. So, um, that's great to hear you guys were able to you know to pick it up and, and just kill it after uh, a lot of uncertain months there um before we get too deep in in, in additional sure. into your story i want to be sure to recognize the folks that have uh, that have helped you along this uh this journey so far so let's talk about uh, let's talk about your team a little bit so who do you have uh, working with you in the office day to day so um you're talking about sgi or my company your company your company Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so I have um, our office manager, Jen. Um, she's awesome. Yeah. You know, she, she she really is. She puts her life in the business. Um, and then we've hired a few more people. So um, we have uh, Kay, who's like install coordinator. Uh, Melissa is uh, kind of bounces around, does a few things in the office. And then other girl, Sam, who's like um, working with like uh, dispatch and, and service. Yeah. And then there's my wife. Yep. And then how, what is your, uh, what is your field team look like currently? Yeah. So our top performing installer, we just promoted to a project manager. Okay. And, uh, that was a little scary at first, but, uh, it's, it's been working out really well. Um, the junior techs that were here last year, uh, are all moving up to become 
uh, lead technicians this year, lead installers. Great. So uh, we had two service techs and two install crews, and we're looking to do four to five service techs and four to five install crews. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of kind of big growth we're doing. And um, You, you and want then, to double uh, this, this year, so you're going to, yeah, for sure, you're going to need the, need the head count to do it. Um, yeah, sells, exactly. Are you selling, or do you have a salesperson, or your, or your techs do it? No, right now I'm doing all the sales, and um, I am kind of maxed out. So sure. uh, I got two people I'm talking to now. Um, hopefully, kind of close the deal soon with them. So I'll have uh, two sales guys this year. Good for you. And I'll probably still do some. I'm probably I actually love doing sales, so I'll, I'll probably still stay doing for some of it. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. It, it, most uh, owners all seem to have some kind of. Uh, Sales background, or they just enjoy doing it, and it's hard for them to get out of that. So, but that's there's nothing wrong with it. You uh, you tend to be the best one in your company doing it. So that's that's great. So very good. So all right, that's that's the team. Let's talk about um, if if uh, if I read your your website correctly, you started Green Energy Mechanical in two thousand and eight. So before we we get into that though, let's let's talk about how how did you get into this industry? What what led you into it? Oh sure. Uh... Yeah, I, I uh, went to a high school, Greater Lowell Tech, and um, that's like outside, of, probably 40 minutes outside of uh, Boston. Okay. And um, I just took it in high school mm-hmm. and really gravitated toward it. Uh, I, it um, I loved all the new technology. I mean, I think if you're thinking about any trade, like you can't find a trade that's had more evolution in the last 20 years than HVAC. Like it's pretty wild. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I knew, I saw that coming when I was like 15 and I wanted to be a part of it. And actually, when I was 15, I already knew I wanted to have my own company and um, I was already on it. So really? I was like, that's, yeah, I and knew. 15. Were you, were you the kid that went and sold the stuff door to door? Have you always been entrepreneurial in that way? Or was it just, at that point, it was yeah. just a dream? You had never thought of it beforehand? No, yeah, it's funny. So uh, even in school, uh, like as a sophomore and stuff, I would, I started, uh, like collecting people's broken uh, window ACs, mm-hmm. and then I just bring them to shop, fix them, <laughs> uh, add refrigerant to them, and then like sell them for, like fifty bucks, you know, something simple. Yeah. But it was more just to learn. Sure. But sure. hey, but, but yeah, you sold it. So you, you for sure you had that background even back then. So that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you yeah. go, so you go to school, and uh, so you graduate, and then what was your next step? Yeah. Well, in in that school, it's a technical high school, right. so. One week I was actually, starting my um, junior year, I was already working, uh, actually at a really good company, and um, traveling like all around New England, servicing commercial clients. So when I got out of high school, I already had a job, and I have already was working for two years. So Nice. I did that till I was 27, and then I started Green Energy. Okay. Um, I was doing side work on the side in 2008, so I didn't like officially start until 2011. Okay. All right. So 2011 was the, the official launch. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So you said you were mostly doing commercial work as a young man growing up in it. What um, Now, when you started uh, Green Energy Mechanical, was um, sounds like it was mostly residential, though? Correct. Okay. And, yep. and was it just because it was friends and family and, and it just kind of happened to be residential that you fell into? <laughs> the really honestly, there really wasn't much of a plan. Anybody that knows me knows I, I, I plan a little bit, but I kind of just more execute and just go for stuff. Um, but I was working for somebody, which I won't say the name, but uh, 
the guy was kind of just a maniac. He was <laughs> bipolar maniac is what I called him. Okay. And he would treat his clients terribly. Really? Like, so bad. And, uh, you know, he would, he treated his guys bad. He just, you know, days you weren't working, he'd just have you on call. Ugh. You know, um, I'm, anyway, then go into stores on that. But anyways, he was just a pretty crazy guy. So I just kind of hit me at one point. I'm like, you know what? Like, if this guy can treat his people the way he does and his client the way he does, and right. he still has business, like, sure, there should be no issue. So <laughs> I went home and, um, I had like a back of a receipt and I just wrote down a business plan on it, came home and was just talking to my wife and I'm like, Hey, you know, I think this is what I need in order to kind of make this happen. And yeah. she looked and she was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Like, really? Great. Like, yeah, let's go for it. So, uh, what that business plan looked like, was that just trying to figure out how you need to replace your income basically at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have any customers, no anything. I I started off just home advice. Uh, well, at the time it was service magic. And sure, <laughs> that's how I started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it was good. At least you got through the recession there. It sounds like if you finally uh, launched in 2011. So right. So so at least that you weren't dealing with that stress. I know uh, being in the industry at, the, at that point there was a lot of uncertainty as well, kind of like there is now. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, I didn't really know it at the time, but you're looking back, you're right. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So you go out 2011, you're, you're on your own. You're like, I'm just going to, you're a young guy. I'm like, I'm just going to give this a shot. Uh, what did you do to start to, to continue to find um, additional calls? Like what were we, it was just word of mouth and one person referred another and another, and it just kept going from there. Yeah, kind of. We really relied heavily on lead generation companies and, I, I honestly, I really didn't know what I was doing. Like, <laughs> sure. uh, probably for the first five years, uh, I just was kind of doing whatever, stumbling and bumbling through. Yeah, uh, spending way more money on advertising than I needed to, right. and uh, just you know, it, it was kind of nuts. Like, our, we had systems in place. Thankfully, like we did good work. Yeah. So, like, we did get um, referrals and stuff. But even the problem with that is. I remember our prices were so bad. I had this one customer, and we did this great job for him, and he was super happy. And since then, he's referred a ton of people to us. But he pulled me aside after his job. He's like, can I talk to you real quick? He's like, I had three other estimates here. And, you know, you guys were about, like, $4,000 cheaper than the, yeah. than the cheapest guy. Sure. And I was like, oh, you know, that's just because we don't like to beat up our customers. And he's like, yeah, you might want to look at your numbers. So <laughs> I went home that day, yeah. and I had the biggest knot in my stomach because I was just like, oh, my goodness, we did this job for free. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We and that kind of changed a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good learning lesson, though. I'm, it stuck with you all these years later. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I'd be remiss to, to not ask you, where did the name Green Energy Mechanical come from? Has it always been Green Energy Mechanical, or, or did that come later on? Yeah, so back in 2008, I... Um I, I started like a little graphic design business uh, okay. while I was working somewhere and I needed like names for companies. And so I just thought of, Hey, you know, this green, green company, that's an HVAC company. And at the time the idea was like, it would specialize in energy efficient systems, which we do in installations, but it would be like geothermal. And then like one of the value propositions would that it would uh, collect oil from all these companies. Mm. And then, um, like kind of mix it with number two oil and, and, and kind of like disrupt the oil industry type of thing. Sure. Which sure. that part never yeah. happened. But when I went to start,
start the company in 2011, uh, yeah, 2011, I already had like the design made up and the idea. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to go with that. Yeah. And it's worked out really well for us yeah. because, uh, I, I think we were a little ahead of the industry. I don't think there was really a lot of really green stuff going on. And yeah, yeah, in, that, in that time for sure. I, I was yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So since then we've kind of become synonymous in our area. Like people just go on different websites looking for, um, you know, green energy system, like green energy replacements or, or like energy efficient uh, solutions. And they'll just call us just because of our name. Yeah. I was going to say it being in the market you're in, um, very educated, uh, you know, a big, big city. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that that, that resonates well. So that's cool. Very interesting. Um, all right. So you're, so you're, you know, you start solo. When do you start adding people? Like, uh, do you remember who the first couple people you added to the team? Were they installers or just helpers or how things? Were- yeah. Day one. Day, day one, I had no customers, and I, I, I honestly looking back, I'm not even sure how this all worked out. It's, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Seriously, I had no plan. I was just like, um, and, and what's funny is my background in HVAC was always just service. Mm-hmm. I just fixed stuff, so I didn't know how to install anything. I didn't know how to design ductwork. I didn't know how big a system should be. I didn't know how to do heat loss calculations. I never managed people. I was never a leader at any companies. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing. I never even did sales. So the whole thing was just completely new to me. You yeah, know? But yeah. yeah, just from day one, I hired two guys and I just went out and started selling them jobs. And I pretty much the weekend that I was going to open, start the company, I just um, went online, looked up a bunch of sales stuff. I think the first sales book I got was like the sales Bible or something. Uh-huh. Corny. And um, I looked up how to size up equipment. Yeah. <laughs> got a duck calculator. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing at first. Wow. Yeah, okay. All right. So you hired two guys full, like full time, hourly. Like, hey, we're just gonna. I'm gonna keep you busy. You just put it out there. Yeah. Look yeah. I, I, that's one thing. I think that's my biggest attribute. I've always just been a hustler. Like, yeah. if if my back's against the wall, I'll figure it out. Like, I think. You know, I, I don't think I'm the best salesperson. I don't think I'm the best. Still to this day, I don't think I'm the best manager of people or any. But whatever I got to do to get it done. So even now, like with our goals for 2021, it's like I'm not worried about it because I know I can. That's my strong point. You know, you're 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 gonna figure a way. You're gonna figure a way. So yeah. all right. So from 2011 and 2019, you're hustling. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to figure things out. Really impressive that you got up to. You know, a million dollars and just really trying to figure things out as you go. Um, were you making any money at that point? I mean, or, or were you just kind of just, you know, you, you had revenue funneling into a checking account and you'd pay bills and it out it will go and then keep an eye on the balance. All right, we got paid, you know, closed a few more jobs that went up. And, or, I mean, how structured were you, were you at that point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we always have been profitable. I think there was one year that where we, like, I don't know, maybe lost a little bit. I think yeah. that was 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because at that year, um, I, d- I had this bright idea that we were going to get into new construction. Oh. <laughs> I think anyone listening <laughs> would probably know that's probably the worst idea that you could hey, get into. So. A flash. You're not the only person. I've talked to many people who've done, who, you know, they've come uh, from that or dabbled in that. So, you know, it happened. What a nightmare. Yeah, so, so that didn't go well. And it took me, the problem was that was the birth of my first son. And again, my wife wasn't in the business. And so she's usually the one that'll like, 
do the job costing and the finance stuff. Yeah. And again, I'm just usually the guy that's like, we'll just go do it and figure it out and make money. <laughs> and it was like, uh, we just took a bath. Like that's like an understatement. Yeah. So eventually she's like, yeah, we're not making any money. And if we stay doing this, we're going to go out of business. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but it took, um, it took a long time for me to recover. So uh, that's kind of part of our setback from, I think, cause I feel like we should, we should have already been at the point we're going to be at now earlier. But, but like you said too, those setbacks also taught me a lot of lessons. Like right. we have a lot of builders now that are like, Hey, I got this huge division coming up. And, da, 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 and I'm like, yeah, go fly. Kite. Like, <laughs> that's funny, but you're, but you're right. And you know, a lot of people I've talked to over the years, it took them years to figure it, to finally figure it out. They finally sat down and went, wow. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I have been losing money doing these jobs. Um, so yes, yeah, so your wife—it's Davisha. Is that how you pronounce it? You got it. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. She—it looks like in, in just checking out her uh, little bio you have on the website. So she ha- she it sounds like she has some kind of a finance or accounting background. Yeah. Yep. She um she used to work at MIT for years, like okay. twenty years, and um yeah they were phenomenal in helping us. So she came on full time in twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, but before that, uh, we read the four hour work week and oh, yeah. I actually don't think that that's a great book for most people, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked out really well for us actually. Yeah. So like we read it and then, um, she just went to work and was like, Hey, I want to work four days a week. And then she went down to three days a week. Then she went down to two days a week. And, uh, then she went down to like, I think two days, but she could work remotely sometimes. But basically during that time, she was also working at Green Energy. Right, right. And then eventually it was like, look, like the problem was because she was there for so long, she was making really good money and she had really good benefits. So it was like, we're going to get rid of all of that and just put it on Green Energy. I don't know, but uh, man, it was the best thing we ever did. Like we've done so well since that happened. Yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, some of that kind of background is nice. I mean, for example, she told you in 16, Hey, have you really looked at, you're a doer, right? So you just want to do the next thing, sell the next job, get it installed. And she's like, did you, if you said you're looking at the numbers, you don't really making sense right so is that is that why you're like at that point we just need you just needed someone to really be that that hawk on on you know the job costing and and making sure you're you're making margin is is that was that the decision you needed that position? oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and we work really well together like our skill sets are so different right and like Cause she's right. Like it's two sides of it. Like if there was no me, there'd be no business. But if there was no her, we wouldn't be as profitable. We wouldn't be having the money we do. And I mean, even some of, I mean, I can get at that later, but even to some of the ways she's helped us save money with the business, it's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. incredible. That's great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, all right. So, you know, you, you guys had to, to go back to where your story, we started off with when we were having this discussion you you guys were sitting there you're like we should be making more money than this and and you go you know she apparently saw the the benefit of of going to this profit day and and uh, you guys go and you join and the next step is obviously to go to uh go to dallas for ep so did uh, the two of you go together Yep, and we also brought our office manager, Jen. Yep. Very nice, very nice. And uh, mm-hmm. it's almost a full week. Uh, what were you? What was your mindset leaving that week? What did you think of it? Um, yeah. So again, being like the doer and the idea guy, like my mind was flooded with <laughs> with uh, stuff. Yeah. And um, my office manager, my wife, had like a 
the, their BHAG, their big, hairy, audacious goal of doing $5 million, And I'm like, $5 million? Like, I'm trying to do $10 million. So, right. so that was my goal. And I'm hoping to get there within the next couple of years. But, yeah, we, we just kind of came back and said, listen, like, we had a ton of things we wanted to do. We just wrote down, like, uh, I think we wrote down, like, seven of them. And then we just said, out of the seven, what three do we want to do, like, right now? Okay, okay. And then we just came back and crushed those three. That's and great. then we finished the other four, like, before the year was up. And then, uh, you know, yeah. That's great. So let's dig into that because there's people that'll listen sure. that, that may not be in the group or, or are new to the group or, you know, we got members that, that join and then they kind of just, they, they just uh, they spin their wheels and, and they're not decisive. So this could be very helpful for some folks. So your first, you said you had seven and you attacked the, what you uh, had determined were the uh, most important three. So what were those three that you guys said, we've got to do these right away? Uh, yeah, so uh, the very first one was... Um, me and my wife got into a pretty good habit of checking all our financials. So um, we'd look at job costing, we'd look at profit and loss statements, balance sheets, all that cash flow. But we definitely weren't looking at it on like a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not going to lie. We literally just started getting back into that from 2020 just because everything kind of went crazy. So um, that's still somewhat of a struggle. But um, we, we, our deemer. I think the problem was, too, is we were only looking at certain KPIs where leaving there, I said, listen, I need to start looking at, like, more granular KPIs when it comes to our service division. Like, what are our guys making? Our install crews? Like, how many callbacks do we have? Yeah. Like, how many days are we going over schedule? Like, all, and again, you kind of get that punch in the gut feeling because it's like, oh, like, you think you're doing this and you think you're doing great. And then there's all these rooms for improvement. Yeah. So that was a big one. But that's good. You recognize that right away, that that was something that we have to get better at monitoring what we're doing daily by the numbers. Yeah. That's awesome. The the other one was um, the straightforward pricing guide, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm sure that's a big one for anyone that is in the group. Um, We actually, it's funny because I used to work at a company that had a straightforward pricing guide. Really? And it was a long time ago. So I don't know if he must have been in airtime or something because I... I mean, it was, I stole it from him and it was kind of bootleg. So like, (laughs) it was good to, (laughs) it was good to go to EP because I was able to leave and go, okay, like we need to make our thing look way more professional. And um, we were charging way too little. I I think our hourly rate at the time was around like, it's almost embarrassing to say, but it was like a hundred dollars an hour. So yeah, especially where you were for sure. Yeah, so we needed to triple that, so yeah. so so that helps. Yeah, good. We weren't charging a diagnostic it? fee, um, so oh, I'm sorry. Did you ask me something? Yeah, did you triple it right away, or did you? Was it not right away? No, we went to. Uh, what do we do? We went to 200 at first, uh-huh. and nobody batted an eye. So then we went to 300. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, you're. I mean, you're worth. And as, as you found, I mean, hey, you were you were doing jobs for break even. So um, you got to make gotta make some money on this. All this hard work. So awesome. So yeah. All right. So you said you you increased that, and you also and you you used a uh, you implemented a service fee of some sort. Yeah, but we were just kind of waving the diagnostic, mm-hmm. and um, just because we saw we were getting a lot of kickback before, right? But I think it was the way we were selling it. So now we just offer a service fee, and um, anybody that's not in the program or whatever, um, that seems super daunting at first because it's like, oh man, people are gonna hate me. But what we found is like a lot of the 
clientele that we don't even want to just kind of automatically filter out. And then the ones that are cool, are, we end up doing it, and they're fine with it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey, and it's a great revenue coming booster, out, right? Yeah, I think people more and more get that these days for sure. Yeah, awesome. All right, so was that was that did that encapsulate all the three that you needed to do right away? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yep. Awesome. All right, so you got those in place. You got your prices up. How about you know a big thing that we always talk about that's married with. Uh, with increasing your, your price is uh, is image and, you know, the perceived value that comes with that. Were you guys pretty uh, buttoned up at that point? Do you have uniforms or or how did you present yourselves back then? Yeah, um, we, we, yeah we do have uniforms. I, I think I actually do want to get a little bit neater on some of our stuff. Mm-hmm. That's something we still need to work on. Mm-hmm. Right now, like the guys, we don't really have like a, like a set uniform we have like shirts okay sweatshirts stuff like that okay. but um moving forward it, that's a that is a big one sure yeah there's opportunity there's always opportunity always opportunity mm-hmm. um so uh how about training you know you're you're gonna you're gonna start charging more you've got a straightforward pricing guide that is a tool but uh, just like any kind of tool you gotta learn how to use it did uh did you go to any kind of training or did you just kind of figure it out yeah, so uh, I went to some sales training, the comfort advisor training. Cool, very good. Um, our service techs didn't get to – we had them go, ready to go, but yeah. because of COVID, they had to do um, some of the, the virtual um, uh, HVAC sales tech training, I think it's mm-hmm. called, mm-hmm. which is okay. I mean, it was okay, but I, I definitely want to get them in person. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to that opening up. Sure. So um, I have plans for that. Um, and then I got some plans. Um, I'm hoping, like I said, I just actually sent out offer letters today for some sales guys. So I'm hoping they accept because I want to bring them down to Dallas for um, one of the next uh, comfort advisor trainings. Right, right. So, so when, when yeah. you came back from EP, I mean, obviously you had a you had a team that that was working for you at that point, and you come back mm-hmm. with this. Uh, this this goofy guy that maybe they had never seen anything like it before. What was that conversation like? I mean, were they presenting um, were they presenting prices before, or was that something, or was that completely new to them? Was, I'm sorry. Was, was were your technicians presenting prices to customers before? Because sometimes, uh, you know, or or was it, uh, you know, would, would you call and talk to the homeowner beforehand? I've heard all sorts of crazy things over the years. So, were they comfortable immediately with with presenting uh, this this price guide, or was it something that they had to get over that comfort with? Uh, are you referring to repairs, like just yes, for repair just prices? Oh yeah, they they were doing that before. Okay, all right. So they actually that wasn't loved too it. intimidating they, then. So, so, talk, so, so, using the straightforward pricing guide for your service text wasn't too intimidating. They take to it fairly right, right away. They love it. They, they've like eaten up everything. I forget what the other one is, but it's like a a must do, should do, could do sheet that form. Yeah, the option sheet. Yeah. They they love it. Like they're like uh, this is the best thing that we've ever had. Um, That's great. We just had a meeting last week, and they were just talking about how like. It'll help them. Sometimes they'll forget to do something, and they'll go back and check because they have the sheet and they're going through it. So that's amazing. That's great. Those things have been awesome. Yeah, it's funny because you know I, I've been doing this a long time, and, and I I've heard stories over the years where the technicians have revolted. They're like, I don't want to do this. I just want to I just want to turn a wrench and go home. You know, and to hear your guys were were uh, really receptive and have taken to it, it means you've got the right kind of people. That's great. Yeah, you know what too. Uh, I think the big thing, our company is pretty young. Like mm-hmm. the oldest person in our business is, is 40 years old. So like, I, I think because of that, 
sometimes it can be a little tough to change if you've been doing it for 40 years, you know? So um, a lot of our guys are all super amped about the growth and the goals and, and, and implementing new things. There's so much we got going uh, that we're implementing this year. And right. Everybody's on board. That's great. That's great. I mean, that's, that is honestly the, the biggest hurdle because if you don't have the buy-in, that means you likely need to replace people, and it sounds like exactly. you're not So that's awesome. Um, you know, the predecessor to the options is, is something we, that we talk about to help build options is that system performance report. Uh, do you have you guys adopted that yet? Where when you go in for a tune-up or a repair, and you you do kind of a, a complete uh, analysis of, of the system and kind of mark what's good, what's iffy, what's bad, or have you guys used that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's been working really well, and I think we're actually in our area. It's a little different than some of the other members because we have so many different types of systems, like right. Right, right. oil, heat, steam, heat, stuff like that. So. We're actually going to be rolling out one specifically for boilers, just because like all of our stuff doesn't fit. But um, right. that makes sense. But yeah, that, that's been yeah. But, but it's, it's been, been working a great. Really well. It sounds like it's it's been a good communication tool, right? It makes it in black and white for for a homeowner to see. Well, this you know, I'm not just you know, I'm not just pulling this out of the air. I'm 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 you know, we're, we're diagnosing it. We've got a formal sheet. This is what's going on, right? Yeah, and I, you know what? I even use them for my sales because I tell people we kind of make it mandatory for people to uh, buy maintenance through our sales, and I'll tell them like our sales are our our maintenances are so much more involved. We actually have a full checklist sheet the guys go through. Good. You see everything they they looked at. They walk into the whole thing, and uh, it's way more detailed. And so, yeah. That's great. That's that's yeah. really good. So so you have a you have a maintenance agreement of some sort as well, or a, a club a club membership. I'm assuming we do. Yep. That's great. Was that was that a new thing, or had you had that for a while? We had it, but it, it wasn't something that um, we were really focusing on. And in the last year, we've really like I've changed the way I sell my jobs to do it. Yeah. Um. We're really we're really pushing to, to grow that as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since since being in uh, the program, yeah. Very good. So you so you automatically if you, someone buys a system from you, they get enrolled in, in your uh, your maintenance program. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So when I went to the Comfort Advisor training, a lo- I noticed a lot of the members that were there all had like ten year warranties, five year warranties. Right. And in New England. That's not really heard of. Like, that's not really common up here. Right. And I was like, man, how do y'all do that? Like, you know, I'm like, what if you deal with, like, a customer that's, like, a nightmare or something? And Sure. Yeah, you'll get those every once in a while. But honestly, like, it works out really well. Right. And um, so anyways, like, I came up with the idea with my wife where I said, listen, I think we should roll this out. I think this is a huge differentiator for us in our area. So. Right. we started last year with a five-year labor warranty mm-hmm. and said, um that you know the customers you'll get a five-year labor warranty bumper to bumper anything happens at all if it the system turns out to be a lemon we'll replace it for you free of charge mm-hmm. um and the only thing is in order to keep that warranty you have to be a gem that we call it a gem member yeah. you have to be a gem member every year and it costs you know xyz for the, you know each system or whatever yeah yeah that's great, and that's great, and that way you know what's going on with that system. So you're not getting a call three years from now, and no one's changed their filter <laughs> in three years. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know? yeah, you're right. Sure. And, and so, uh, and I, I tell them too. I said our maintenances are very different, even because of that. Because mm-hmm. we own 
So like, right. it's not like a, you know, banging a wrench on the side of the system. Like we're going through it and we might find something and say, you know, Hey, Mrs. Jones, like, you know, this was broken. We replaced it. Normally it's $450, but today it's free since you're a gym member yeah. and you have a five-year labor warranty. So you know, that's been working that's really great. well. And the nice part is those people get used to seeing you. And if you, if you're coming out every year for five years, the odds are they're going to keep having you service equipment. And when that thing's ready to, ready to be changed out, why would they call anyone else? Right? So exactly. That's, that's kind of, so I think we're actually going to increase it to 10 years just cause it's, you know, I, I, I want those people tied to me. I think right. that's the, the power behind that. Yep, for sure. That's great. That's really good. So yeah, let's talk about this sales class you went to. Was this so? Was this the first real sales class you had had ever attended? No, um, I took um, a Joe Cursera class back in 2014. That was phenomenal, actually. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. Very good. It's been a while, but yeah. Um, so well, I noticed there were there were some similarities, but there were also things that were different that I, I really took from from this. What were some of the things that you felt like you needed to, um, so it sounds like you, you obviously did the, you started doing an inspection on even, on even uh, jobs that you were just getting called out for an estimate. Would you go out and do the inspection? No, but actually, that's a good idea. Bob. I do know. I do know some members that do <laughs> I have that. to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do know members that do that just to try and so it, it builds uh, it builds some value. You know, you show you show you showed some time that you're, you're there and you, you want to show them, hey, your system's in good shape, or hey, yeah, it is in bad shape. But uh, uh, well, good. At least you get something out of this, right? So, um, uh, but uh, maybe talk about some of the improvements so that you 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 noticed that you needed to make in your in your sales presentation. What what are some things that you maybe added? Oh, yeah. So one of the things I did big time is slow them way down, Um, you know, especially because I've never been a salesman at a company. So my sales process, maybe even honestly, part of 2019 was up to that point was just kind of like, like I'd almost pride myself in how quickly I could get out of the home, which is like so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, there's another one to go to, right? It's just, you got to get them all in today. I I get it. It's a mindset. Yeah. I was doing like six, seven a day. It was nuts. So we've like completely changed it where I, my strategy now, and especially with some of the other people I've spoken with, um, you know, like I think, uh, um, you know, Adam at CJ, uh, I think it's Indiana, really helped a lot. He's really good. A couple other people really were just showing me kind of like their process. And, I mean, some of their guys are only doing two a day. So, you know, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I do about like three, sometimes four, sure. if it's really crazy. But usually keeping it short. But, yeah, just my the thing I really learned was just doing everything different. And my big thing is like being different. Like right. I'll go in, measure stuff, pull my tools out go in the attic, look at their insulation, mm-hmm. you know, take units apart. And no lie, probably almost half the calls go on. At some point during the visit, someone says, like, you know what's funny? is like no one else did, <laughs> you know, look, did a manual heat loss. Yeah. No one else, you know, put floor savers on. Right. <laughs> Even simple stuff like that. Like, sure. I had one person that were like, you know, I've had five people out here and – Nobody had a tape measure or a flashlight. You're the the only person that had a tape measure or a flashlight, and I got the job. Support for this podcast comes from Learning Alliance. Tired of trying to figure out what you should train your team on every week? Do you struggle to be the dynamic trainer that elevates your team's performance while making happy customers? 
SGI's Learning Alliance now offers its members a turnkey 26-week training schedule with high-impact sales and communication videos for your frontline employees. Turn them on once a week and watch your team transform. Training can be as easy as clicking a mouse. To download this training schedule SGI members, simply go to the Learning Alliance tab of your SGI Hub website, then click on Learning Alliance videos. You'll find them there. Of course, your coaches are on standby if you need any assistance. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to a conversation I had with Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in Randolph, Massachusetts, a suburb of Boston. Jonathan's already shared a wealth of information about his company and how it's leapt from $1.6 million to more than $2.5 million at a very healthy 14% net profit. He outlined how he and his wife, Davisha, organized a list of priorities to accomplish as they went to work on enhancing every aspect of their company after joining SGI. In particular, Jonathan talked about how they've established themselves as a different kind of company, one that truly takes care of the customer by offering the highest level of service. In the second half of my interview with Jonathan, he continues to talk about a sales process. Jonathan also talks training, shares insights into his call center, talks about a new project manager position he created, and he talks about his forays into recruiting and interviewing. And Jonathan shares his aggressive growth plans for 2021 and beyond. So let's jump back into our conversation and hear his insights into those topics and many more. I mean, you're a very personal person. I can tell that just in, in our, our short conversation thus far. But but was that has that been something you've had to train yourself to try and make conversation to to kind of break the ice and, and get them to trust you that you're not just some some robot coming in there to grab money out of their pocket? Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Like, I think also learning the balance because, um, like I said, sometimes I would just get in and out. I didn't really form any like real connection. Sure. I didn't give myself time to do that. So I've really learned that as well, for sure. Like take the time, talk with them, but also on the flip side, I try not to overstay my welcome. Cause I've noticed there's times that, um, you know, I might just be in a really good conversation with the client yeah. and a lot of those, I won't end up winning. And I'm like, what the heck? Like I thought we were like family now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But sure. I, I think there's a, I, I do. I think there's a line between being professional and likable and overstaying your welcome and being like, oh, man, like I can't do business with him. He's you're, just well, you're, you're, in a, you're in a fast-paced market for sure. I mean, I've talked to lots of people in that, in that you know, realm, and, and they'll say, yeah, some people just don't want to talk. You know, you, know they, you show them the value as quickly as you can, and you get moving. So uh, I definitely get that. Um, how about, uh, you know, I'll be interested because I've, I've talked to a lot of electricians that are members in your market. Um, how about with financing with, with, uh, you know, your, your systems, that's a big, big ticket purchase. Do you utilize a lot of financing to win jobs or is that not as much of a thing in, in, uh, you know, the Boston area for you and HVAC? Well, I think we kind of have a one up over a lot of people around the country. Um, unless they have programs similar, I don't know, but in Massachusetts, we have a program called MassSave mm -hmm. and it's a utility bought in type of thing where, um, customers will get a zero percent interest rate for 84 months oh, wow. going through this program so i didn't know that. there's good and bads about it like what i think other people in other parts of the country have better than us is they get people to really make decisions like right then and there sign them up for the finance and mm. do the job like tomorrow yep we can't really do that here because that program takes a little while oh okay and they kind of have to get like approved and all that so we kind of have a different, our sales is kind of more like we're closing it, but we're really there to hold their hand through the whole process gotcha. and 
strata more so than a lot of other companies. And hopefully, usually they see that and they'll go. Mm -hmm. The good part is our average job ticket price is huge because I just put on like, like kind of like what I was saying, Anthony Dobbins, he's talking about aerosale. Like I bought an aerosale system. So we do that. Yeah. you know, we have like a lot of different add-ons that a lot of other companies around us don't. Like, we'll do like a clean and sale package, and uh, I'll point out like tons of duck issues. Sure. So those things, like other customers will tell me, like no one else pointed out that we don't have a return air on our on our second floor. So even if we add air conditioning, it's not going to cool up there. And I'm right. like, yeah, and your you know ducks are super leaky, so they'll pick like the top you know carrier Infinity Series systems with all these add-ons so that part has worked out really well for us yeah what's the point of getting super something super energy efficient if you're just gonna lose it all right and exactly uh so what's your average ticket if you don't mind me asking do you know off the top of your head yeah so for 2020 uh, it went up so uh it went to what are we at now we're well we were just under 14 so Great. i'd say like roughly thirteen thousand five hundred. good that's really good um but yeah you i mean it it depends. I mean, I'm seeing usually anywhere from 10 to 25. Hmm. It just depends on. Like, there's so many different systems up here where. Right. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. Like, other parts of the country, it seems like they're like it's much gas furnaces and air conditioners, you know, like. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm, you know, I'm in St. Louis Midwest. It's pretty much that's it. <laughs> it's, everyone's got the same thing. So it is, it's very much different in that regard. Um, so when you when you present uh, when you're presenting your replacement options, how many how many options we give people? I'll do minimum three, mm-hmm. and I I won't go past six, but usually anywhere between three to six. Okay, and and then when you get into the, the you know the, the six, is it because of add-ons that that increase the uh, the number of options? Um, no. So so typically, well. This is the only problem that I that I'm not crazy with with the mass save process is because and I think also because of our name yeah. I get a lot of customers that are engineers or they, they really want to like take their time and you know I, I like like I'll just give you an example from last week I have a customer that has a oil steam system we're gonna take out the whole steam system and he wants a quote on a gas furnace with air air conditioning gas furnace with heat pump um, hydro system or straight heat pump. So I didn't do all of those, but that's kind of like, you know, where, he, where his head it was at. So you can kind of see like sometimes yeah. it's like a little, a little, um, it's a lot. You that know? is a lot. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So that, that's definitely different from a lot of markets. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, okay. I, I see where you're going now. Um, just kind of change a little bit. Uh, something mm-hmm. we talked about, um, the kind of training that you've done outside, uh, coming to uh, to different sales trainings. What what do you do, guys do um, at the office there? Do you guys get together with any kind of regularity to to go over how to use a straightforward pricing guide, or just to talk about different issues the guys are seeing in the field and how to manage those? Oh yeah. So we have um, a company meeting every Tuesday for the whole company. Great. Then uh, after that, we have a managers meeting for um, which is going to be transformed forming into like a leadership meeting because I want my new project manager in on those meetings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, his position's been incredible adding that on. So, so I wanted to show we're, we're meeting for those. And then uh, every Wednesday we have um, service tech meeting. So just because usually our, our regular office meetings on Tuesdays are more like geared towards install because we're just more install heavy at this company. So sure. 
I try to make sure we have one just for them because we're really trying to grow that department more. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Yeah, the more, the more you sell, you need them, you need someone to put them in. So that that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's see here. So how about uh, you know before I, I keep digging in on, on more of the tech side, uh, I, I, I'd be remiss not to ask about. Uh, phones, and you know, we talked about you've got a the uh, new fee that you've implemented. So communicating that over the phone, people, you know, you, you sometimes worry that if you don't, it's not communicated well, people will push back. Did, did who now who who answers the phone right now? You got two dispatchers or two? Excuse me, two uh, call takers. You said. Uh, yeah, primarily um, the one is Sam. She answers most of the phones, okay. uh, and then there's other people that, that to back her up. Sure. Did, now, did she did she have to learn the scripting, or or did she just kind of roll with uh, the new fee and 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 just do well with it, or was there any pushback from customers when they were calling? No, she's newer though. Um, mm-hmm. She's one of the the, the the later ones that we just hired. Okay. Um, but yeah, we just kind of taught her. The process. I think she already worked in HVAC before, so she's kind of familiar. Okay, so good. There, there was no pushback there. Then that's great. No. All right. Awesome. I, I always. No, like I said, our, our people are great. They're, you know, they they pretty much do whatever we we're getting into, and it's like, okay, let's let's figure it out. You know? Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. All right. I always. I. I. I that's. A, that's something I always make the mistake of, of of looking over the office too quickly. Um, well, yeah. Let's. One more question on who dispatches your your guy your text to the job. Is that something that you manage or who who manages that in the office? Yeah. Uh, so Sam's doing most of that, mm-hmm. and then uh, Kate manages the install installation um, department and Perfect. that whole schedule. Nice. And they know what, uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you can talk about all the different um, types of systems you guys install, I'm sure you know who's best at doing what, and yeah, we really want so-and-so to go to that type of job and and that kind of thing. Yeah, we lucked out big time with Kay. She's been incredible. So she actually used to be um, a service tech. And uh, Okay. So her background is huge when it comes to the uh, install side because she can actually talk. Before, like, customers would call the office and then the girls would go, oh, let's call Jonathan, you know, and she's able to actually just start answering stuff for me. So That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, she's been huge. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, All right. Uh, Just to to keep going back where we were originally, I was going to ask you, this project manager, you mentioned it a couple times, what does that role completely entail in your company? Yeah, so I've kind of we've kind of like completely changed our install. So the the way it happens now is I'm the salesperson, which obviously will change soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my my um, prospects, hopefully customers, I'll tell them like our install setup is completely different than most places. Most places they're gonna you'll have a salesperson, then you'll get the install crew. That's kind of it, and you probably never see the company again, and we right. kind of hope that because we only have a one-year labor warranty, so we don't want any problems. Yeah. I'm like, at our company, um, we have a project manager who, let's say you say, yes, I want to move forward today. He's going to come out, and he's going to go through the entire job with a different set of eyes. Hmm. He's going to take a full stock list, pictures. He uploads them into our CRM. He does a full drawing of whatever we're doing. So if it's a boiler job, for instance, he'll draw it out. Yeah. If it's a duct design, he literally does the whole duct design, draws it all out, walks through with the homeowner, decides so together. So they feel very comfortable. We're going to put a vent here. We're going to you know, put the ductless unit over here, and he'll mark it. Interesting. Okay. And then um, on Tuesday for those company meetings, if that job, let's say, is that week or the week after, um, we'll talk about that job, 
as a company yeah. and everybody can pull right now we're doing them over zoom sure so everybody will pull up um in the crm that job and we'll talk about it if they have any questions or concerns sometimes they'll bring out stuff that both josh and i didn't even find so they'll be like oh what about this like oh it's a good point yeah and then um the day of they have the materials they, they know what they're doing and then josh goes there to the job to get them started talks with them on site when the job's done josh goes back for a quality check goes over everything so if anything's wrong um one thing we're implementing right now that we're trying to get going is a, a quality checklist so that okay, yeah the installers have it he has the same checklist and then let's say if the installer did it he signs off on it Fair. that way um there's i think part of the problems we've been having in the past is like accountability and it's like well, who did this who did that and it's like crickets so yeah. i'm trying to get rid of that yeah and then um yeah so that's kind of that whole process and um the guys have been taking really well to it in in his background, Josh's background, you said he was an installer before. Yep, he was installer for like ten years before he came here, and then um, yeah, he's taken off tremendously. I mean, Very cool. he's, he's he's a rock. He's yeah, one of the best we have here. We don't have to get into exact numbers, but for a position like that, is that is that an hourly type position, or is there uh, are there spiffs that he can earn, or how is that person compensated? Right now, it's hourly just because it's brand new. Sure. But um, my wife and I are considering going going salary with um uh we're definitely implementing a bonus structure uh -huh. actually we're implementing a bonus structure for all the installers but yeah. um he's gonna what we're trying to do is make give him some skin in the game so like making sure these jobs get done on time yes. um everybody gets a, like a quarterly spiff and we want to make it like a good amount like like two thousand dollars per installer mm -hmm. for the quarter and and give him a good amount of money too so like he's his pay is tied into that okay very good so yeah so he's managing the schedule too so he's that, that's that's also a big part of it yeah he, he has a pretty busy job yeah, <laughs> yeah that's best we're, because we're ramping up like this year i wanted to get him into it as early as possible so like we can really because so everything's brand new that i'm talking to you about like yeah. we're, we're still kind of learning it. well sure but i figure do it now while we're it's you know our slower season right now yes. before we get cranking in the spring summer. You know? Yeah, no. Well, I mean that's why I'm, I, I called you. Knowing you guys were we're still in the midst of a lot of transition, but you were seeing great results. So I'll be interested mm -hmm. to, to maybe interview you in another uh, year or eighteen months or two years and see how things are going from there. That's why I was excited to talk to you, so we can maybe look <laughs> back. Um, how about how that position? So how long has that position been in place then? Uh, two months. Okay, two months. All right. Have uh -huh. you noticed, has it cut down on any kind of callbacks or any kind of, uh, you know, technical glitches that have happened with any installs? Yeah, um, a couple things. So, um, not just that, but I think a lot of the helpers, um, we're, we're trying to get rid of that term because we hate it. We're, yeah. So we're <laughs> apprentice technicians or apprentice installers. Right. We're kind of like not really taking the reins and now they're starting to see like, hey, like I'm next, so I need to like really step up. Cool. And the problem was there was never time for training because Josh and the other lead installer were always on the site, and we're like, you know, you got to start teaching these guys how to do this, do that. And he's like, yeah, but when? Like <laughs> the job is always packed. And so we decided, listen, we're going to take our best installer away, but it's an investment. And now he's having the time to like show them stuff and talk with them. And, and he's coming up with his own things. He, he has a ton of ideas where he's trying to implement now too. So, um, I can see like, he's really bought into the position. So cool. it's funny. Me and my wife were just talking about it. We're like, you know what? I, this is like, the, we should have done this years ago, you know? 
That's interesting. I, I'll be very intrigued. I hope, I, yeah, I'll be intrigued to hear how that, that position evolves and how it, uh, if you, you continue to add more and more as you grow, uh, it's exciting. Um, yeah. How about, you, you know, you're talking about essentially dub, doubling the number of service techs, doubling the number of install techs you have. Uh, are you primarily going to uh, count on helpers, apprentices to fill those positions, or are you going to have to hire, um, hopefully, experienced people? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm real big into promoting from within. So helpers that are now, um, a lot of them have already started stepping up, Good. so they're going to get first dibs at it. But I've, I've been actively interviewing install lead installers, service techs, um, everything. So we're going to need a lot of helpers. The big thing we're implementing this year that I can't freaking wait for is uh, we're so first of all we just got a new office because we're like just overgrown where we're at. So yeah, so the new place actually has a warehouse. Oh, which, okay. <laughs> right now our front office is our warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, so we'll actually have a warehouse with a dock and what we're doing is we're going to um hire two warehouse um manager/delivery drivers. Oh, okay. So part of the strategy is going to be Josh um, gets that full stock list and drawing, it'll go to the warehouse manager. Mm-hmm. He's going to get the stuff delivered, put it all together, and then the day of, it's going to be delivered straight to the job site. So I, I'm really trying to limit the amount of time these installers are driving around to um, warehouses and, and picking up stuff at supply houses. So Right. So it's going to optimize their time that much more. That's great. I think that's one of the reasons why, too. I, I really have a strong feeling that we're going to do the numbers we're looking to do because... Those are areas where they're time killers. Uh, I'm I'm watching the GPS and I'm counting the hours. And these guys oh, yeah. might spend three, four hours a day driving around, picking up stuff. It's crazy. So, and that's not what you want them doing. They've got they've got skills to be used beyond just just uh, turning uh, turning a car around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's very exciting. So you you've got you've got an idea of what you want to do. Um, so you are interviewing then people that have that have been in the industry for some time. We are. Our model's more of finding yeah. greener people. You know, we have a relationship with one of the local trade schools here, and, and we've hired quite a few people over the years to, to come through. But for, for now, you know, I'm looking for both, but yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what's what's your interview process? Because it sounds like if you've had a decent amount of success in, in hiring, it sounds like mostly younger people, right? But, yep. but uh, it may be hiring some people with, with experience uh, because you've, you've grown fairly quickly, I feel like, in a short period of time. Um, mm-hmm. do, you, do you just have them come in for a couple of rounds of interviews? Or how are you able to, to judge character? Because, again, you've got people that, that sound very eager to learn and change and improve. That's not always the case in most companies. So, uh are you yeah. to funnel out the bad seeds? Yeah, I, I have sucked for quite some time at interviewing people. <laughs> I've been through you learned uh, the hard way. Okay. A, yeah, I've, I've learned the hard way. Um, and, and to your point, that's pretty much what I reason why we've kind of switched gears and stopped looking for. I mean, before, you know, I've heard other people say this, and it's true. You know, it's like you have a pulse. You're not a drug addict. Do you have a clean driving record? Yeah. You're hired. You know, yeah, it's like, right, I'm right. done with that. So yeah. we've now we're just like, look, are you a good person? 
Are you honest? Do you have integrity? Do you like to help people? Do you, are you hungry to learn? Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned like hiring people who still live at home with their parents is not usually a good idea just because they just don't seem to have that same hunger as an older person who, you know, is out on their own or has a family. So yes. we're really family focused here. We look for people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, so I think as of lately, we've done a better job, mm-hmm. but yeah, in the past I've been. I've been atrocious. Hey, that happens. That happens. So how did you how did you foster this relationship with the technical school? Did you just call them and say, Hey, I'm looking for, for young people that want to work or are you are you more involved than that? No, I'm actually a lot more involved in that. Yeah, I've become like a sponsor of the school. So like oh, nice. when you walk in, our banner's like right there. Um we I don't think right before COVID is when they were really rolling this out, so I don't even think the school's open right now. But the whole idea was we were going to set up like a, a scholarship so that um, people would go and they'd have a job coming right out. Because part of that problem is we didn't have a real good plan before with the school. So they would just be like, hey, Joe Schmo's looking for a job. And, yeah. and you know, he was OK. Yeah. And it's like, OK, you know, we bring him on and it's like he doesn't know anything. And, yeah. you know, it's just a disaster. So now we're like, listen, we'll pay more money for good people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, what I started doing is going and, and giving like talks and speeches for the yeah. for the classes so i'd go and it's worked out really well because it's funny what will happen is they have like a job fair and there's all these hvac companies there electrical companies plumbing companies and every all the students will come to my booth because they all know me nice yes and yeah and so like i kind of just have like a, a rotation of people that like we just hired somebody and i don't even remember him but he was like yeah i remember you came to my school a couple months ago and you were talking and i you know everything you said really resonated with me so um, I've been really trying to kind of take the long, you know, plant a seed approach yeah. um, with that, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, every I know people that do similar stuff. Not enough people do it, but it's it's fruitful if you do it if you do it the right way and you, and you invest the time in it. So, so let's say I I just graduate from te- technical school and I uh, I remember seeing you and you hire me. How long will you will I uh, will I will I will I immediately start on the install side or or do you go no you might be better with service or uh, how, how does that work? Do you just kind of assign people or do you have me go through everything and see where I, I'm best uh, where my skills are best? Yeah, we since SGI we've actually developed a much better process. So like what we do now is we use the um, the test that SGI has. Sure. So on the interview we have them come right in and. Because I think sometimes people don't even know what they want. Like, we've had people come in that are like, yeah, I want to do install. Yeah. And they'll, like, just, like, do an amazing job on the HVAC um, the HVAC service test. Okay, okay. I'm like, I think you'd be better at, like, service, you know? And because I'm more service-based, I can ask more questions, and I can right. kind of get their idea on troubleshooting. Sure. And then the opposite. Some people are like, yeah, I want to be a service tech, man. <laughs> and they come in and, like... <laughs> They just like bomb the test, and I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, so, so, and that we'll kind of get an idea and we'll try them out. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, one of my best service techs that I have, he, he, um, started off as an installer and was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he was really smart. And so my project manager now, at the time he was in the job, he's like, I really think you should try him out in service. Interesting. So I'm big into that. I don't mind, like, hey, I, I have an expression. It's like, my job is to make you successful. So, like, if I can move you from here and make you successful, yeah. ultimately I'm successful. So, yeah. like, I'll do whatever it takes, you know? That's great. 
How long will someone typically ride along? Will they, will they go through what, like a season before you feel comfortable them being a, a service tech on their own or, or yeah. you know, okay, a season. And then how about on, if, how does someone become a lead tech? How long will they typically ride along as a help, a helper or apprentice before more installs? Yes. That, that one we're still kind of figuring out. That that seems to be a longer process. Right. Uh, again, just because we do so many different things here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because it's like, you know, let's say you go through the AC season. Now, all of a sudden, you get into the winter season, and there's three different types of boilers. And, you know, there's sometimes we'll come across boilers that are gravity boilers. And, like, sometimes I'll come across stuff I've never seen. I've been doing it for, like, 25 years. And I was like... <laughs> It, it, it is tough. It, even for the service techs, it can be tough. Yeah. You know, I, I, I envy the people who work in, like, Dallas, Texas, and all you guys have are, like, <laughs> furnaces and air conditioners. Yeah, that's pretty much. The training on that is so easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys have to you have to be kind of wizards a little bit at the, at the same time, it sounds like. Um, I guess that's the nature of an older market. Um, interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, we just a few more for you, so I can let you get sure. on your way and, and make some more money. But um, you mentioned earlier... Um, you know, you spent a lot of money in, in bad advertising, right? To uh-huh. try to figure it out over the years, which, which is pretty common. Um, so you have some aggressive growth goals. Um, that, so that means you're going to need more calls, right? So what? Uh, yep. How are you finding? How are you finding your additional leads? What are you doing these days? Pay per click, some SEO. What What are you doing? Yeah. So we just switched. Um internet companies we were using contractor nation before mm-hmm. which actually worked out really well for a few years but i'm not sure i think they might have had a lot of uh turnover or something so uh, uh we we recently just signed up with rhino strategic solutions okay. and i'm super excited so they're they're actually in the midst now of creating the website and and um, getting our pay-per-click and seo campaign set up so mm-hmm. we have a pretty aggressive strategy that we're going to go for for 2021 uh as far as that's concerned mm-hmm. do you know what your what your marketing spend is on your of your budget is it like 10 10 12 percent or or even more than that you need are you digging in even more to try and grow for percentage wise i don't know the percentage i i know um with contractor nation we were doing i want to say like roughly two thousand a month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but now we're we're going to be probably closer to six thousand a month mm-hmm. yeah um, and up. i mean i it might even go more than that i i as long as i'm seeing the results i don't really mind mm-hmm. okay spending more you know mm-hmm. so it's pay, it's primarily all all digital oriented then is, is where you're finding your new business yeah we just started a facebook campaign um kind of revolving around the sgi's frustrated contractor oh yeah sure so it's a little different because it's not really a direct mail piece but it's kind of I, I use the similar approach. That's actually been working pretty well, to be honest. Good. And then, um, there, I don't know if they have it where you're at, but it's like the best pick report. You know, we, I don't, I don't know that we have that here in my market. I do know there's lots of markets that'll have a, a, a newspaper or a community paper that will, will do best of this or that. And, and it mm. gets a lot of, uh, gets a lot of eyeballs. So is that you, something you guys utilize? Yeah, believe it or not, that it's like a book, a blue book that goes out to more affluent communities, okay. and it has like three different companies for like gutters, okay. siding, roofing, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. We've gotten a ton of it, like almost too much sometimes. <laughs> it's like, hmm. yeah, it's worked out really, really well for us. And it's mostly affluent, uh, affluent like neighborhood type. Uh, is is it an older? Is it an older clientele? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so they're usually like ready to rock too. I mean, because they only have like a couple companies that they're even calling, you know. So. Um, it, it's, it's worked really well for us. I was going to say it, that there are still, you know, there's older people still, uh, you know, I think of parents, for example, uh, that there's just not technically savvy. So they still rely on, on print mediums of some sort. So if that, you get something like that, that they deem, uh, that they, you know, they funneled out all the, 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 uh, the other companies, they've got the best. Right. And so that's why you get called. That makes sense. So, yeah. all right, Jonathan, kind of in wrapping up. So you want to hit. Your goal is to hit aggressive goal five million at the end of this year. Uh, at least, how much have you thought about say the next three to five years? Where would you really like to to grow this thing? You're a young guy. Um, any any big uh, big ideas of, of what you'd like it to, to, to green energy mechanical to turn into? I'm a big Grant Cardone fan. Okay, I'm a real yeah. big 10x fan. So yeah, yeah I'm trying to do 20 million in five years. And I'm, I got uh, Mickey as our coach from uh, SGI, so I told her, I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> She's right there with us. She's like, we're going to do it. We're just going to have to get real disciplined and look yeah. at the numbers. And I love her for that. Like, she's right about just, you know, I, she's kind of like the same as the people of the company. It's like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's yeah. hunker down and make it happen. So, yeah, I'm trying to hit five mil this year. And within five years, I'm trying to do 15 to 20 million cool. is my goal. Good for you. You've got a good coach. I, I've known uh, I've known her for a long time, and we're the company she came from before. And she she's she's done it herself. So she's got someone that can definitely guide you along the way. So yes, that's really really yeah. exciting, Jonathan. So um, just I guess last question is: What advice do you have for if I'm a new SGI member listening, and maybe I just came came through EP? Um, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff that they just gave me. What, what, what is there any kind of general advice you, you would you would give to to that new member about what to do just to to hit the ground running and, and start seeing results? Man, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot, but I guess just to dial it down, like like I mentioned earlier, like I I was kind of shocked at how expensive it was and even how much month money it is per week. Mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore about that. Like, like we have seen such a return on our investment. It's That's insane. That's great. And uh, I tell everybody, because I've even talked to people that are in other companies that, are, you know, I talk with uh, in the area. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're an SGI. It's so expensive, man. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. You know, I, I tried for eight years. I tried. Yeah. And now, you know, the truth is, too, is, you know, you see um, – so many people have said this, Bill Gates, um, Jeff Bezos, they're like, you need a coach. Yeah. LeBron James, for how great of a player he is, he still has a coach. Yeah. Every successful person needs a coach. Yeah. And that's what I get the biggest thing with SGI. And the thing I love about Mickey is she holds you to it. So, like, she'll keep you accountable. At the next week, she'll be like, okay, like, what's up? You said you are going to do this now. Like, oh, man, I didn't do it. And she's like, come on. Like, you know, and especially with our goal structure, it's like you're not going to get there if you don't grind. So, uh, and then as soon as we get off, she's on it. Like, she's like, okay, we talked about this. I'm sending you this form. I'm sending you that form. Yeah. So it really helps me to, because I think the problem is as business owners, we don't really have people holding us accountable. Right. And I think, that's the biggest well i'm not gonna say that's the biggest because i think that is huge but the biggest thing from sgi that i get is the the network Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like in fact i'm gonna be honest with you listen to your podcast i i just talked to mickey uh last week and i'm like the the um 
intelligent design. Yeah. I'm like, I want you to make that introduction because I want to fly our guys out there and I want to talk with them on their sales process. And because I got some new sales guys coming in and I want to crush it, you know, for 2021. Yeah, that's great. I, and I can probably do it. I haven't even talked to the guy and I have full confidence. He'll be like, yeah, of course, come down, you know. Yep. I've talked to Josh at Rescue Air. He's like, dude, when you're coming down here, you know, so like, yeah. you can't. You can, where are you going to find that? Like, I have a network around the country of CM Heating. Like, there's so many companies yeah. that, I, that I've talked to that are, like, just helped us out and are amazing. So Yeah, it's, it is the fun part, you know. And um, have you been to an expo yet? I, with, with all the shenanigans of COVID, I don't know if you've been able to get to one yet. You know, my I went to my first one in September. Okay, good, good. And yep. yeah, that it was amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the fun part. I, it's really there are a lot of work on our end uh, to put them together, but I just it's so neat to see so many positive people that want to help each other at one place. So, and that's where yeah. those, those relationships happen. So, yeah, for, that, that's. I told Mickey I want to be on stage for the fastest growing HVAC company next year. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping we're one of them. I don't know if that's somebody's going to beat me or not, but hey, it's good to be. That's my goal. It's a good goal to have, Jenna. That's a great goal to have. Well, awesome. Well, so just last question. So, how exciting or how excited are you about business now versus you know a couple years ago when you were kind of spinning your wheels, just like frustrated that you couldn't get through the ceiling. See, that's what I'm telling Bob, man. You ask the real questions, man. Like, <laughs> I've been doing this a while. Uh, it's funny you say that. I just was talking to my wife a couple weeks, maybe a couple months ago about that. And I said, you know, this is the fun part. Like, yeah. this is where it's fun. For, for some time, it was stressful. Sure. You know, just turning money around. Yeah. This is fun. The growth and not just that, but even the people that work with us, seeing them grow. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. I, I'm I'm loving what I do. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, Jonathan, I cannot thank you enough. I know we, we went beyond our, our kind of an, a rough hour. I try to keep it, but you were rolling, and I wasn't going to shut you down, man. So <laughs> I uh, I can't thank you enough for all your, your time and, and your insight and learning your story. I know people will, will definitely benefit from it. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I, I look forward to meeting you at the next expo. Man. That sounds good, Jonathan. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of your day. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Jonathan Nevis, owner of Green Energy Mechanical in Randolph, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. And remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Pulse M. Pulse M is the number one review generation platform built for home services. The majority of SGI members use Pulse M for Google reviews, customer communication through text messaging, and much more. For more information, please visit pulsem.me. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit YourSGI.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Kela Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserved 2021.